Amen. Wow, 2011. 2011. I do believe um, that God has had his hand on this church for many years now. Many years. Through good times and bad times. God has had his hand on this church. And I want you to know that uh, there's a word that, that PK spoke a couple weeks ago. She was talking about Mary and talking about the birth. And, and that word expectancy triggered something in me. And I want you to, to know that this morning I want to talk about that, about expectancy. Have you ever seen somebody who's pregnant? You'll say to them, hey, are you expecting? Now, for me, I've stuck my foot in my mouth one too many times, so I don't, I don't do that anymore, you know. I let them tell me they're expecting. Amen. But when it's interesting that they don't often say, oh, I'm pregnant. What they'll say is I'm expecting. That's amazing to me. They're expecting. Well, what are they expecting? They know, we know that they're expecting in about nine months, they're expecting new life, a new beginning. New chapters being written in their lives, not just the child's life, but in their life. There's some new chapters being written. Their lives will never again be the same. Never. So a mama will say, oh, I'm expecting. And that's all she's got to say to us. And we know exactly what she's talking about. I'm expecting. She knows that God willing, as everything goes correctly, that in a few months, new life begins. She's expecting. And I want you to know that the word of the Lord to this house right now is that we are expecting. We are expecting. New life is about to begin. New seasons are about to happen. We are expecting. We are expecting God to move in a way that we have never seen Him move before. We are expecting blessings like we've never seen before. We are accepting healings, expecting miracles, and expecting uh, healings to take place like we've never seen before. Expecting. Tell someone next to you, are you expecting? I'm expecting. I really am. I'm expecting the power of God. I'm expecting signs and wonders. I'm expecting revival in my city. I'm expecting people to be one to God. I'm expecting high schools to be one over and elementary schools to know God. I'm expecting for our life houses to take dominion this year. I'm expecting. Here's the expectancy theory proposes that a person will decide to behave or act in a certain way because they are motivated to select a specific behavior over other behaviors due to what they expect the result of that selected behavior will be. Come on now, follow me. In essence, the motivation of the behavior selection is determined by the desirable, the desirability of the outcome. Now, I'll tell you what, you've got you to catch this prophetically here. This theory is saying that if you want a certain outcome, you've got to start expecting that certain outcome. 
And you've got to start living like you expect that outcome to happen. This theory explains that very simply. Very simply. Now it's telling us if you want what, if you expect something to happen, then you've got to start making choices to see that come to pass. However, at the core of the theory is cognitive process of how an individual processes the different motivational elements. This is done before making the choice. In other words, it's saying this. Before you even determine what your outcome is going to be, you've got to begin to think or reason how to get there. How to get there. We have to be expecting something good. Now, we also are real people, and we have real trials, we have real tribulations, and sometimes our confidence is shaken. Sometimes the trials and tribulations in our lives, they affect us. They affect us. And I want you to know that there has been a season, a real season, of change, challenges, and trials. For us as a people, but also for us as a family, because CWC is a family. For three years, we have seen people and are, are seen, we as a people and a church have struggled and have toiled through much change, through many trials. I know that's true for a lot of folks. Now, some folks would say, well, you know, I've, my job's doing, I've had my job, got my home, got my car. But one thing that my daddy taught me when I was growing up, that when your brother's hurting, you need to learn to hurt. When your sister's hurting, you need to learn to hurt. Oh, don't go abandon everything and, 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 you know. But when your brother's hurting, learn to feel with them. Learn to pray them through. Learn to help them when you can. Learn to help. Now, you know, the last thing we want to do is, you know, because you got your home and you got your job and you've been going through really good times. You had a great, well, praise God for that. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. But we don't want the attitude where, you know, we're kicking back with sunglasses on. So I ain't worried about nothing. Go ahead. I know you lost your home. I got mine. That's not the right attitude either. We're a family. And when somebody hurts, we all need to hurt. When somebody's going through trials and tribulations, then we all need to go through them. I don't say to go jump in that trial, but at least let your heart be with them and know what they're going through and pray them through and say, hey, we are one body. We are one family. And if you are hurting and I'm hurting, that's a family. That's what it means to be family. And Christian Worship Center is not just a body of people that gather together on Sunday morning. We are a family. And we have to start acting like a family. We've got to start believing in God again. We've got to start believing in each other again. Yeah, three years of trials and tribulations. It's been a long haul. Especially when you touch the money. Come on now. Somebody stay with me here. Did you know that Jesus talked about nothing more in the New Testament other than money? Because it gets personal when we touch our finances. And some folks have been out of work for a long time. It's affects, it affects marriages. It affects parenting. It affects spiritual lives. It just does. 
And it's not just happening in this church, but in our city. And not just in our city, but in our county. And not just in our county, but in our state. And not just in our state, but in our country. And by the way, not just in our country, but the entire world has had a rude awakening. And now we're able to say, you know, maybe I shouldn't be whining and complaining about my employer, but maybe I should say, thank God I have a job. Thank God I have a job. But I want you to know I'm not insensitive to what's happened here. I know that this family has struggled, not just for, because of finances, but there has been changes in our ministry, uh, wholesale changes in our ministry that have caused issues and have caused people to hurt and, and wonder because one thing you want to stay consistent is your church family. But times have changed. Trials have taken place. Tribulations have happened. And if you look back at 2010, you would, some folks would say, man, that was a real tough year. That was a tough year. Some people have suffered loss in 2010. And when you begin to go through difficult times, it begins to affect your outlook. It begins to affect how you see things. I hope this is not too small for you to read. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that, that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. If you would be able to say, honestly, it's been a tough go, and not just a year. I see you know me well enough to know I don't preach things anymore. I used to. I got one person said to me, Pastor, you're going to see heaven in 2011. Hmm. You know something I don't? God tell you I'm going to die? I'm going to heaven? What, what happened here? I'm not really, that's, I choose to find and seek the seasons because God is a God of seasons. God is not up in heaven with the American calendar clicking his choices by the years and days of man. Let me tell you something. His, our calendar has nothing to do with his. Our time has nothing to do with his. Nothing at all. The season that we have been in has been a wine press season. A wine press season. Tough. What does a wine press do? A wine press, they get the grapes and they put them into the press and it squeezes. It squeezes the grapes, crushes them. And there are some folks in this house that would say, I've been crushed. I've been squeezed. And as I seek the Lord and ask God, I say, Where, what is the season we have been? Because you can't know the season that's coming without knowing the season that you are in. It has definitely been a wine press season for many folks. And I would say corporately for our house. And I, I struggle. I'm telling, let me say, 
I've, I have been one pastor. I'm just going to say this boldly. And those of you who have been with me from the start, we heard Lizzie give, being given a happy birthday this morning. Lizzie's been with me from the start. Michelle, I mean, there's other, I can name so many people who have been with us from the start. Some are not here anymore, but many are. And I can say with everything, and, and this is not a proud statement where I'm puffed up doing this, but I'm saying from the day that I became pastor, God has had his hand upon me and upon this church. And this journey has been an amazing journey. While we have seen many churches close around us, our church has been blessed. Year to year, it's been my... It's, it's my DNA to look at where we've been and say, okay, this is where we're going next year. And every year, God has honored it. God has blessed us. And God has poured out anointing on us. And we've seen great things. And all of a sudden, we open up this building. Wall Street crashes. People are laid off all over our nation, including right here at home. And everything goes crazy. Even in the house of God. People start to doubt. Start to wonder, where is God? Where's the Lord? It's been three years of wine press. And there has really been times where I've, I've gone alone before God and I said, I don't understand this. I don't get it because this is not how you have dealt with me over the last 20 years, God. It's not my history. My history book of pastoring has been a, a, a great book. And God, you have been so faithful to me. What's happened? And I know this, that you can't have fresh wine without first going through the wine press. You can't have new wine without going through the wine press. And I felt myself almost like Job before the Lord. I said, okay, well, this is why. I understand this, understand that. And then all of a sudden, God, God, God gets my attention. And like Job, he says to me, oh, really, Steve, were you there when I hung the stars on nothing? So you understand now? And all of a sudden, I'm reduced to nothing again. I said, it's your church, God. I don't get it. I'm not the pastor. You are. You are the church pastor. And all of a sudden, I understand what this means. Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith or the wine pressing or the wine crushing of your faith produces patience. It tests to be more precious than gold. And God has allowed CWC for many years to enjoy this wonderful path. And I've had the privilege of going to churches and, and speaking to, to pastoral ministries and, and, and congregations of churches coming together. And, and they ask us questions about how we did this and how we're doing. And all of a sudden, I'm pushing those things away. I said, no, 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 not right now. Not right now. We're going through it. Not right now. I don't, I don't want to be out there doing that right now. 
and I seek the Lord and I figure out, God, what's going on? And, and, and we look around us and we say, you know something, just maybe, maybe the church is not the only institution that God has crushed, but maybe he's crushing our city. Maybe he's crushing our state. Maybe he's crushing our country. Maybe he's trying to crush this world because maybe he's about to pour out a blessing that we have never seen before. Maybe he's trying to pour out a new wine upon us. Have you been going through something difficult in your life? Has there been a sense of dryness around you? Is your spirit dried up right now? Are you alive to God? Are you connected and alive to Him right now? Do you come alive at worship? Is He the lover of your soul? If you can't say with all your heart, yes, well, let me tell you something. Don't worry about it. Because he's about to do something new in your life. He's about to do something fresh in your life. Don't sweat that. That season is passing and a new season's coming upon you. Don't worry about your mistakes. Don't worry about where you've been. Forget about yesterday. You can't change it. You can't go back there. It's over. But I want you to know that God has pressed us so that he can create a new wine in this church. A new story in this church, a fresh outpouring in this house. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to know that he changes times. <laughs> Whew. This is going to trigger in somebody's soul right now. You see, your sons and daughters have been wayward. And you wondered if they're ever going to come back and ever going to get it right. Your finances have been strapped by a prophetic serpent that has locked up your finances and said, See, I'm going to strangle this financial book. Your health. So many reports have come your way and you've wondered, when is my time going to come? Is God even listening? But I want you to know that He, capital H, He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He's the season changer. God is the season changer. And I got news for you. He's changing your season. He's changing the season that you are in right now. That God is bringing something new your way. God is bringing something powerful your way. Wine press season is passing away. And one new wine season is coming upon us. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody praise him right now. Hallelujah. 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 I love getting ready for the next season. That really, Californians don't know a whole lot about that. 
But I had the privilege of going to New York last September, up in western New York with Pastor John. It was still beautiful, green everywhere, trees were beautiful, and all of a sudden you can see a hint of redness in some of the leaves. And we're driving down country roads and people are pulling out snow plows and putting cars in garages and strapping them down. And, you know, I saw one strange, one strange building. It was a motorcycle storage building. All the Harley riders take their bikes, lock them up in the storage for the winter. And they have this heater going on in this whole building so the bikes stay nice and warm throughout the winter. I said, Pastor John, what's going Man, people are getting busy around what's going on. He said, oh, Pastor, the season's changing. So, I mean, it's only September. Oh, by October, we can be in two feet of snow. We just don't want to get stuck. He says, we want to be ready for the next season. We want to be ready for the next season. You can't be ready for the next season if you're still holding on to the, the pain of the season that's passing. You can't get ready for the next season if you're hanging your head down and doubting everything that's going around you. I'm telling you, the blessing is coming your way. The prosperity is coming your way. That your sons and daughters will prophesy that God is doing a new work, but you can't see it if you're allowing your head to hang down. Know the season we are in and the seasons to come. Change and challenge and trials has been our season. The season to come is a season of breakout and blessing. I'm not talking about breakthrough. God, you know, I'll tell you what. There's, there's, uh, I have never, I have known, I know who I am. What I mean by that is I don't pretend to be something I'm not. I know I'm not the most educated or the most eloquent. I know all those things, and I don't try to be somebody else. I just don't never been that way. But I know this, that God's hand is upon me. And though sometimes my confidence as a man of God can be shaken, and the season that we have we're coming out of is a season of our confidence has been shaken a little bit. And some dads in the house and some fathers in the house who have supported and been the breadwinners of their homes for years all of a sudden find themselves on unemployment. And your confidence has been shaken a little bit. You've had great health most of your life and you said oh I've always been healthy and all of a sudden you get this doctor's report and you're shaken your confidence is shaken a little bit and that wine press season confidence has been shattered in that 
But don't worry about it. Don't get all messed up about it because that's okay. You see, God is renewing even your confidence in him. He's renewing your confidence in the kingdom of God. He's doing that new thing over and over and over again. When your confidence is shaken, it's hard to believe. And I'm going to be very transparent with you today. There was a time when sons and daughters wanted to cling to me and to this ministry. And it seemed like this last season, my sons and daughters wanted to push me away. And they've left us. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And there are times when my confidence has been shaken to the point where I've had to even ask God, Lord, I always said I would serve you. And I always said I would follow you or go wherever you told me to go. Do you want somebody new here behind this pulpit? Because I don't understand these times. And all of a sudden, I don't know, this is just how God operates with me. I, and I don't know how he does with you, but with me, all of a sudden I get a, a text from another pastor who doesn't come to our church. And the Lord spoke to me in a dream about you last night, pastor. And he told me to tell you not to doubt him. Because he's doing something new in your ministry. This summer, a pastor friend invited me to a pastor's gathering up in Sonora, and it was Miwok. It was the, uh, the choir that came last year and just did an awesome job. Their pastor, Pastor Pat, is an amazing man. He said, Pastor, I'm doing my first pastor's meeting. Would you come? I said, yeah, sure, no problem. You know, so a couple months away. But come the day of the event, it's summertime on a Saturday hot. The last thing I want to do is travel to Sonora. But I gave him my word. And I'll tell you what, your pastor had an attitude that day. I just did, man. I was like, I do not want to be here. Traveling through the country by myself. Whining and complaining the whole way. God, what? What? I got things I got. I mean, what? Hitting myself or saying, yes, I'll be there. But I, he's a precious man, and I love him, so I kept my word to him. So I get there, and I get to his place up there in Miwok, a little tiny village just past Sonora. It's beautiful, a beautiful campus, and it was amazing. I get to the meeting, there's probably 25 pastors there. They brought in this... Uh, this bishop from Oklahoma. Never seen him, never even heard of him before. During the meeting, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit began to quicken me in this meeting. You know, you know what I mean when, when the Holy Spirit slaps you around? You, know? you big dummy, you had such a bad attitude, I had a slap, you know, it was like, you know what I'm talking about. And all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit quicken me, and God was in that place. And I thought, oh, Lord, 
forgive me for my attitude. And the words that this man of God was sharing, and he, he said, I don't even have a topic. He said, I just came to share with you pastors, and that's what I was asked to do. So he says, I'm just going gonna, gonna to wing it. And he started spewing out all this word, and, and it started coming forth. And in the middle of his talk, he stopped. And he pointed his finger at me. He said, could you stand up? And I stood up. And he says, I want you to know that the Lord sent me here to tell you that you've seen breakout in your ministry. But the season that's coming upon you is a breakout season. He said, I am giving you a season of breakout. And he went on to prophesy over me for about five minutes. And it was like for a moment in time, God got me alone and there was nobody around. And it's like, I know you don't understand what's happening here. And yeah, I know that I've done this for you over the years. But my hand is still on your life. And I have still chosen your church. And I'm about to give you a new season, a breakout season, a breakout season. If you've been going through a difficult time, if your confidence has been shaken, if you've wondered where God is, hold on. That's what it means to count it all joy. Hold on. Because you serve the season changer. Hold on. If you've wondered, what's, what's going on in my marriage? What's going on in the lives of my babies? Hold on. You see, that season that you've been in is passing, and God's going to give you a breakout season, and you're going to see him do great and mighty things that you've never seen before. I speak it over this house. I declare it over this house. I prophesy over this house. We are moving in to a breakout season, saith the Lord. Are you ready? Are you ready? You got to shake off the past. You got to shake off the hurts. You got to shake off the disappointments. You got to shake off the difficult things that have happened. Because if you don't shake it off, you won't see the new season when it comes upon you. You won't see it. Breakout is consistent with God's character. It just is. You see, he spoke to this man who was being beat down by the devil, by the armies. He spoke to this man who was hiding out and was living a life of poverty. And he, he appears to him and he says, Hey, Gideon, mighty man of valor. God was changing his season from being defeated and being broke and poor and feeling beat down by the devil and beat down by the enemy. God was changing his season and he spoke the word over him first and said, hey, mighty men of valor. You got to hear the word. You got to hear the word. 
God is speaking to you this morning and he's saying to you, I'm changing the season. I'm changing the season for you. That which was past is past. Things are being made new all over again and again and again, saith the Lord. But you got to hear the word. Gideon heard the word and it was mighty man of valor. He might not have been living it, but he accepted it and God blessed him with that word. Come on, stay with me. He chose a humble shepherd boy who was the least of his brothers. Least of them. He was the least of his brothers. Have you ever felt like the least of anything? Have you ever felt like things aren't mattering to you or you don't matter or or your situation has gotten so bleak that you understand what it means to be the least of anything. David was regarded by his own father and his own brothers to be the least of them. If you have felt like the least of them, don't sweat it. If you have felt like the least of them, if you have felt like your season has been a a least of them season, don't worry about it. You know why? Because God takes that which is least and he raises it up and he builds them up and he does great and mighty things through them. We know that God took the least of the shepherds and made him the king of shepherds. He spoke to a poor virgin woman who was humble And it was regarded as the least of them. And through her, he brought forth the greatest gift to humanity. If you have been living a least of them season, get ready. Because God is doing something huge in your life. It's just his character. It's just how he does things. I can read it in his history book, and it tells me that's how he does things. If you've been going through a tough time, well, count it all joy because something new is going to happen. If you've been going through tough times, count it all joy because blessing is coming your way. Get excited because God is about to do something new. God's about to do something fresh in your life. If you've been living like the least of them, don't worry because all that's going to change and God is pouring out his spirit upon you. Hallelujah. 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 Precious Jesus. A season of trial and tribulation is always followed by a season of harvest and blessing. Do you expect it? Do you expect it? Expecting. Pastor Ben, I need to get the worship team. I'll own both of them. I don't care. Everybody, else. but we're not going to, we're going to, I don't want to do things slow right now. All right. I mean, I want to do something. I don't care if we sing there's power, power, wonder, working power. It doesn't matter. I mean, but ho- ho- listen now, listen to me. It's in his character to change the wine press season to a new wine season. But we have to expect it. We have to act like we want it. 
If you keep walking around with that low self, biblical or spiritual esteem, you're going to miss out on the blessing because God moves on the word. He moves just like he did with Gideon. He speaks the word and he changes the season. But if you're so down, if your head is hanging so low that you don't believe it, how are you going to receive it? How are you going to receive it? Expectancy theory proposes that a person will decide to behave or act in a certain way because they are motivated to select a specific behavior over other behaviors due to what they expect the result of that selected behavior will be. If you behave like you're a nothing, if you behave like a loser, if you behave like a discouraged man, if you behave like a depressed man, listen to me. That's your practice and your harvest is going to be that. But I'm telling you today, you don't have to live like that anymore. You don't have to be depressed anymore. I'm telling you right now that you can expect something new in your life, that you can expect something fresh in your life, that God 